Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Joining us for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, great to have you back here on Top of the Morning. Looking forward to picking back up with our monthly Emerging Markets conversation. Welcome back. How are you, Dan? Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. I know, Alejo, you're joining us today to talk about the monthly flagship from your team, Investing in Emerging Markets. I wanted to begin by getting your thoughts around the motivation behind the title for this month's report, that being a shrinking room for error. So what can you share with us there to get started? Totally, Dan. Look, that's simply a recognition of the fact that countries and companies are realizing that their room for error has meaningfully declined in recent weeks. What I mean by that is markets are sharply reacting to the first sign of a policy mistake or balance sheet weakness. As you know, we've seen very significant moves in currency markets, in interest rate markets so far this year, and therefore any type of foreign exchange of or debt maturity mismatch in, say, a country or a company balance sheet has become a key point of vulnerability. Take the example of UK assets in recent weeks, right? This is a clear reminder of this reality. If market stress can overwhelm the world's sixth largest economy, one with deep capital markets and quite ample access to funding, emerging markets should have no illusion that they can be spared. Now, why has this margin of error shrunk? I think there are two main reasons. Number one, we are in the middle of a synchronized tightening in global monetary policy that has very little historical precedent. Just about every major central bank in the world is raising interest rates, with the possible exception of China and to some extent Japan. This, together with a significant strength in the U.S. dollar as the Fed tightens a bit more quickly than other developed market central banks. This has made global financial conditions a lot more restricted. Number two, we are experiencing sizable tremors across geopolitical fault lines. I don't think that a prompt resolution to the war in Ukraine is in sight. In addition, U.S.-China relations seem likely to worsen over time. Um, Take a look at a few developments in the last few days, right? The Biden administration announced pretty sizable export, additional export controls involving artificial intelligence, semiconductors to China. Uh, In addition, we just come from the Communist Party Congress in in China, and um, the word security was featured 50% more frequently than the word economy in the party congress report. So when you put it all together, then I think countries and companies are operating with more constraints and therefore uh, they're mindful that 
the probability of being caught off guard by, by Marcus has, has increased. So clearly, Alejo, a lot going on out there across the globe to keep investors busy. I'm curious, are markets drawing distinctions across emerging market countries or perhaps treating them all the same? Yeah, look, I think that markets are drawing distinctions in general. So far, we haven't seen problems, say, for instance, in the UK, meaningfully spilling over to other markets in what one might define as contagion. And this conclusion applies to the emerging markets as as well. And I think we can give two clear examples of this. Um, In recent days, traders have wittingly talked about the emergence of the British peso and the Mexican pound in a way recognizing Mexico's proactive monetary policy, healthy external sector, relatively stable politics. Uh, so that's on the, you know, the good end of the spectrum, a Mexican peso, Mexican assets behaving relatively well and being recognized for, uh, you know, their, their relative benefits. On the other hand, you can take the example of Colombia, which has experienced a 10% depreciation of its currency against the U.S. dollar in the last month alone, a reflection of a more vulnerable position, right? You get a country with pretty sizable twin deficits, that is fiscal and in particular current account uh, deficits. So investors are drawing distinctions, uh, and this is something that we expect to continue to be the case. Then in aggregate, when looking at the emerging markets, we do expect a pretty challenging investment outlook for the next three to six months uh, with somewhat improved prospects looking a year out. Maybe more more specifically, uh, when, when you think about emerging market equities, valuations are very depressed in the space. However, we simply do not see the environment conducive of a re-rating in the near future, and therefore, total returns are going to be driven, in our analysis, by earnings growth. Now, economic growth globally is slowing down, and therefore, we're penciling in fairly muted earnings growth prospects for the emerging markets, 3% earning growth for 2022, 4% for 2023. Therefore, total returns expected 6 to 12 months out are in the mid-single-digit range, right? Talking about emerging market bonds in U.S. dollars, there is a significant amount of bad news priced into this market. The sovereign index yield currently stands close to 10% in U.S. dollars. In this context, we expect mid to high single-digit total returns for the asset class in a baseline scenario through mid-2023. But investors do need to be mindful that the range of possible outcomes remains quite large here, too. So, Alejo, the investment outlook you described for us, as you put it, fairly muted. So where can investors find more attractive prospects? I'd say there are specific areas of opportunities. Um, Let me highlight a few, starting with equities. Brazil is one of them. Of course, we might see some election-induced volatility. The second round of the presidential election is due to take place this Sunday. Um, But 
we do think that Brazilian equities, once we get through this political volatility, uh, will Brazilian equities will continue to outperform emerging market peers, driven by still high commodity prices, Brazil's relatively low vulnerability to tighter global liquidity, the attractive valuations of the market that do not appropriately reflect macroeconomic conditions in the country, and a very high dividend yield. You're enjoying uh, close to double-digit dividend yields in, in, in Brazilian equities as we speak. So that's one particular area of opportunity highlighted in the report. And when it comes to fixed income, we think there is a good number of you know, short-duration bonds that remain attractively valued. And these are relatively insulated from the challenging global backdrop. So here we need to recognize that there are terrific corporations um, and, and, and very solid sovereigns, countries, that have issued um, you know, short-duration paper, a basket of which can help you navigate the current environment pretty pretty successfully. Alejo, as always, thank you for dropping by top of the morning here to spend some time with our listeners, our clients, keep them informed on your thinking as it pertains to the emerging markets and how to think about positioning within the asset class. I do want to point out again the flagship publication from Alejo and his team, which Alejo has been referencing during our conversation today, that being investing in emerging markets, a shrinking room for for error. So that is now available for you up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Of course, for clients of UBS, be sure to reach out to your financial advisor. They can provide you with a copy of the Investing in Emerging Markets flagship, the latest edition directly. Though, Alejo, thank you again for your time, your insights as always. Looking forward to picking back up with our conversation again next month. Thank you for having me, Dan. Have a great day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 